to the Inside Out Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we want to talk about the very important topic of team communication. Today, you have your hosts, Nathan Westfall and Michael Moore. Michael, How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? <coughs> yeah, that's me too. So my voice is cracking and coughing and all over the place. What's funny? I wasn't even all right. So everyone knows we literally before we started this, we had this talk about how we've both been sick and yes. uh, to kind of mute the mic. And right as I went to go answer your question, how am I doing? I started coughing. So uh, I am doing well. However, yeah, I've got this stupid cough. Actually, I caught a cold at the end of the week this past week, and that's been me, man. Um, I yeah, was, you, you've been sick. What's up with that? I don't know. I was so bad, though. You'll know how significant this is. I actually took a day off of work last week and what? slept for 10 hours. Yeah, that was weird. That's yeah, how sick I was. Yeah. Did, did you still carry around the half gallon of orange juice whenever you're sick? I'm drinking orange juice right now, actually, while we're talking. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So in case, in case you don't know Nathan, uh, first time I ever saw Nathan sick at church. I mean, this is, you know, five plus years ago. Yep. Uh, he shows up to church and he serves but he's just carrying around a half gallon of orange juice like playing on the worship team playing bass and then drinking orange juice in between songs and stuff um and that's yeah that's how you keep going (laughs) yep um anyway we have some exciting stuff to announce before we get into team communication we do outside of our outside of our amazing coughs so uh 95 network is the first one you want to dive in a little bit about this yeah, so we kind of talked about this in the first podcast of 2019, but it is officially public now for registration. And so uh, 95 Network and City Church have teamed up, and essentially what the 95 Network does um, is they're an organization who helps small and mid-sized churches and leaders uh, get big size results. And so they can partner with you and you get the exact same content and material and leaders with them, uh, like coaching you and investing in you that these mega churches, and I'm talking about like Connexus Church, North Point Community Church, New Springs Church, big churches, they, uh, they have partnered with organizations who help them. And so uh, they're coming to Albany, actually, for a one-day conference, which I'm really pumped up about. And the conference is designed, um, the experience is really to serve the unique needs of small and mid-sized churches and leaders to inspire, encourage, and equip them to reach their potential and increase their kingdom impact. And so we have two of their top executives coming, Dale Sellers, who has over 35 years of ministry experience dealing with vision, discipleship, um, and really getting churches healthy. And then Austin Savage, who I really like Austin. He's a younger guy, but he's actually the director of communications there. And um, he just has so much insight uh, whenever it comes to church planning and building teams and really uh, helping churches communicate effectively. And so uh, that's happening uh, May 14th, Tuesday. Uh, that is 9 to 5, and we'll post the notes in the show notes. Yep. And uh, it's $35 for uh, each person, and I want to encourage everyone to bring everyone on your team. 35 bucks a person, and that also includes lunch. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's um, not bad. No, 35 bucks for a whole day of great topics such as defining and utilizing a clear mission and vision, you know, emphasizing leadership development in your church, a lot of others. Uh, it looks like a great packed day for only 35 bucks. 
Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. The other thing we got to talk about is Revo Conference. Revo Conference. <clears throat> As I, I heard clear my throat. throat. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about Revo Conference? This is not a new name, actually. This is something no, that's happened before. Yeah, so we did a conference. It was probably six years ago, and we called it Revo Conference, short for revolution. And so some people call it Revo, uh, but Revo is the technical pronunciation of it. Um, and it really goes back to the whole theme of the conference is is reviving the revolution that Jesus started in the church 2,000 years ago. And so this year our theme is For the One. And uh, as of today, um, conference details are out at revoconference.com. It's October 24th through the 26th. It's going to be um, <clears throat> six powerful main sessions. And then we have uh, two sessions of breakouts that we're going to be doing. And I'm really pumped up about the churches we have involved and the speakers and stuff. And so we have um, Hillsong NYC, who uh, Todd Cruz, who's going to be coming from there. And then we have also teamed up with Bethel and mm-hmm. Bethel Austin. They're going to be sending some people as well. Yep. And so it really is kind of uh, in mainstream church world. It's really like the best of both worlds. We'll be getting both of that coming to uh, Albany, to the capital region. So I'm pretty pumped up about it, man. Yeah, no, that sounds like it'll be great. Um, I know it was great in years past, and I'm happy that we're we're doing it again. So yeah, yeah, I think it was good uh, when we did it. Uh, I do think this time is like ten steps above oh, where up in it your was. game. Yeah, it's a whole different type of yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be lit. Yep. as they say. Totally lit. agree. Yep. All right. Well, that's all we have for uh, important stuff. Now to get into the topic, I guess. You know, <laughs> We're basically saying the topic isn't important. Ah, well, you know, first question: Why is team communication so important? <laughs> it is important. Here is why: a team that cannot communicate effectively cannot get stuff done effectively. Uh, and this is something that I've learned from experience, uh, both on being on a team that communicates well and being on a team that doesn't communicate well, leading a team that communicates well and leading a team that does not communicate well. Um, <clears throat> it's important because, uh, I mean, you think about it, uh, we are created for community and in the context of community, you have to be able to communicate with one another, communicate uh, roles, communicate responsibilities, expectations, desires, lack of trust, offenses. And it's really one of those things that uh, if there is a lack of trust or if there's an offense that rises up or if there's a frustration that you have and you don't know how to effectively communicate that to your team or to a team member on your team, it really can cause dissension and disunity on the team. Yeah. And we all know this, when there's no unity on the team, you just can't get stuff done. And yeah. this is both in... Uh, uh, the church world, but also in the marketplace world as well. For any organization, any business, you could be working towards a goal, but if you're not communicating effectively, uh, you're going to have a lot harder time to get there, uh, to get to your goal as a team if you're not communicating. And so it's a, it's a huge thing, man. And everybody, everybody, whether you work at Burger King, which I used to back in the day, shout out to BK, mm-hmm. um, or if you work in a church role, if you're an executive role, or even if you're a small business owner, you need team communication to be able to to work together, uh, to enjoy being around each other, and ultimately to get stuff done, to be able to reach your mission and your vision. Yeah. Yeah. No. So this is this is with the inside out. This is an inside topic that if the inside, the communication of your team is not 
uh, healthy and, and producing the results that you want it to produce, it will leak to the outside of the organization and what people see. Uh, it will really give them a tainted picture of what could actually be. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, definitely an inside topic. If this was an outside communication topic, it'd be called marketing, right? Correct. That's boom. There you go. Doom. All right. So what does a healthy team uh, communication look like? Yeah, so uh, something I've experienced, and we'll, for, you know, I think it's good that we're starting with the positive first. Uh, mm. Normally, we start with negative. But normally, <clears throat> what a, what a t- what a healthy team communication looks like is a team that is not necessarily always getting along with each other, but a team that is able to communicate the desires or the emotions that they may be feeling, their perspective, and that they can share and communicate with each other without allowing offenses to be able to creep in, uh, or if there is an offense, being able to deal with it. And so really, it comes down to there has to be a uh, form of trust that is developed between the relationships on the team. You have to be able to trust the leader who's leading the team. You have to be able to trust the team members who are executing the mission or the vision uh, that the leader may be setting out. And you have to be able to communicate back and forth. And there's all sorts of communication that take place nowadays in the digital age that we live in. Um, But like just sitting at a staff meeting, we've got to be able to share and communicate with one another our preference or our uh, not preference, but more so our our perspective on whatever topic that we're talking about, or if something doesn't make sense, be able to communicate that without there being fear. Right. And then even outside of that, <clears throat> we need to be able to internally through email, Basecamp, uh, uh, digital media, whatever it may be, be able to communicate one another uh, in a way that the people on the team can understand and that really attaches to the behavior that they're naturally built with, which we'll get into in just a minute. Right. Yeah, no, that's all good. Uh, so now that we did the good first, we got to go into the bad. What does bad communication look like? Um, complete chaos. <laughs> and and I, mean, I mean that for real, like just complete chaos. I think that with bad team communication, you have distrust, you have disunity, you have people back talking one another, you have uh, water cooler conversations, you have a division that takes place. And with all of that stuff, what happens is you get focused on a few individuals and trying to fix problems that rise up with a few individuals instead of being able to focus on the larger problems of the organization and how to overcome that or ultimately your mission and how to uh, reach your mission. And so whenever there's not good team communication, you will find more often than not is that the team is not on mission, they're not in unity, they're not living by and working by the core values that they've been able to set out and that there is just tension uh, that creeps up. And you've probably been in meetings where uh, there's not been good communication and you could just fill the tension in the room. You've oh, been there, been right? been like the story of my life recently. Um, oh, I'll even, good. I'll even, let's let's yeah, hear about yeah, yeah, yeah. this. Hallelujah. So I'll even say um, it's very easy, uh, especially in a company that I work for of this size, where one team does communication really well and one team does not do it really well. Um, and I'll kind of brag on my team for a second. So we do communication really well inside of our team, right? We use all the, we use Microsoft teams, right? So we kind of have a place where we all can go and get answers and it's integrated in all of our different services. So kind of at a quick glance, everyone's already up to date on everything, which one cuts our meetings back. Hallelujah. I know you like meetings, but I don't. So I, kinda, I do like meetings. Yeah. I like productive meetings. I yeah, don't like, that's fair. I don't like non-productive. I like productive meetings. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and then we have to work with a, another team in our division who has terrible communication. And we have meetings all the time, most of the time, just to catch them up on stuff that they should already be talking about. And um, it's kind of bad communication, which in their case is just no communication at all. Um, not only drags their team down, but drags down other teams as well. So now you have other teams wasting resources um, trying to fix problems that shouldn't be problems uh, because of communication. Yeah, and and I would say a lot of this comes from unmet or roles maybe that are not clearly defined. Yep. Unmet expectations. Yep. Or um, not clear expectations given. And, yeah, even a and, lack of accountability, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boom. That's that's huge. A lack of accountability, which there needs you need to have that open communication to where you can coach and correct someone, yes. and ultimately you're trying to call them higher, especially in the church world. I think a lot of times this is something we talk about. I feel like more often than not is that when we correct something that you do, we're glad that you stepped out and you did it, but we're coaching you to a higher place. Uh, and holding you accountable with our culture and with our standard. And it isn't because you're a horrible person. It's because we want you to get better to be able to reach your full potential. Because we know if you reach your full potential, and I reach my full potential, that the church will be able to reach their full potential. But if we hold that back, and and hear me out, because I've been on both sides of the coin here, if we hold back uh, what needs to be said, it's going to be said by other people in the room, and there will be an undercurrent of dissension that will end up creeping up, and people will lose trust in you as a leader or lose trust in the team that's leading the organization, and it will cause complete chaos, drama, fights, yep. tears, you name it. We're dealing with people both in the church world and out of the church world. You're dealing with people, and you've got to be able to have those clear lines of communication and how to communicate to one another in a way that they're going to be able to be receptive of that. Yep. No, that's good. Uh, What are some of the things that a team can do to develop the stronger communication? So this is, uh, this is huge. And and I I want to spend a few minutes. um, Well, actually we'll hit on this real quick and then kind of move on. I think this will come back up. Uh, But first off personality test, I think that that's, that's huge. Knowing your personality and how you function as a person, and and the team knowing how you function as a person is also big. And so, for instance, I'm just going to pick on my wife because I absolutely love her. My wife's personality, and you can probably relate to this, uh, my wife's personality is literally completely opposite than my personality. Mm-hmm. And so we were we were talking, we were having a good conversation the other day uh, just about like improvement and stuff like that. And I've just realized that if 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 a problem arise it, arises, I want to deal with it now where she needs to be able to process the problem, think things through, come up with a solution, and then she's able to talk about the problem that arised and, and be able to collectively work together. And I have to realize because of her personality type, if I, if I come on to her and I say, hey, we need to deal with this now, it almost comes across as I'm attacking her whenever she hasn't had an opportunity to be able to process that problem that may have arised in our marriage or with our kids or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think knowing your, uh, knowing your behavior types, knowing your, your strengths, what type of strengths you bring on the, the team, and also knowing uh, the way that the organization communicates, mm-hmm. the way that the organization holds people accountable, and then being able to take how you prefer, 
but being able to adapt that into the way that the organization and and let me just give an example with this Mm -hmm. Uh, we need to know how the organization communicates internally because if not someone's going to be stuck making phone calls to 15 or 20 people to be able to communicate something that they can send out one message or one memo or one email for and be able to just blanket it right yeah um and so uh, those are those are some things like knowing personalities, strength finders, stuff like that, uh, and and really finding this is this is how I operate as a person, um, and this is how my partner operates as a person or, or whoever it may be. You know. Yeah. What, what I mean, what about what about you guys? What are some things that y'all have used to develop stronger communication uh, over at the company that we cannot name yeah. that you work for? We actually. Uh within the first uh i think it's within the first three months of you being hired you actually have to take a personality test um and then uh every six months whoever uh hasn't done it before does a training to understand what your personality test means so they like uh, i think we use a common one like a disc analysis right right right. that's a pretty yeah that's a very common one yeah so we take a disc test and uh once you find out your results, uh, it then shares it with your team. So the rest of your team knows your results and your team is then you're given their results. Um, and then you learn more, you know, what is it like to be a, a DI or a, an IS or whatever? Um, and you kind of work through that. So you kind of know what people you work well with, what people you don't, uh, and with who you don't, more importantly, how can you, you know, meet some middle ground to make it work? Um, and there's actually a fair amount of time spent on that to, to really drive forward once you start working there. Um, and it's it's great. I can tell you from what I did, it was nice to know who I worked well with. And, you know, clearly over the past couple of years, it's proven out to to be true and who I needed to put some extra time forth with. But I, I knew how to approach them. Right. So it became super helpful once things got going. Yeah. And, and what did, what, uh, like, just out of curiosity, what are you? DI, IS, SC? So it's been a while since I looked. I think, I think I'm an, uh, I know I'm an, I'm an I something. Um, and I'm like 60% I. I think I'm an I C. Okay. Um, but I'm more I. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. a. I, I believe I'm a D I, but I'm a strong D. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. And so, uh, which, well, I'll share about this in a minute. So, but yeah, I have a funny story to tell you. But go ahead. Uh, that's it. Go ahead. Tell me your story. Oh well, no, I'll let you. It's I'll let you ask the next question. We'll get to it. Okay. Good. All right. Cool. 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 All right. Um. So. Now that we know how to develop, you know, stronger communication, what about uh, behavior types? All right. So this, uh, yeah, now ahead. I'll tell you my story in a minute. Yes. All right. Okay, so, good. good, good. So behavior types, uh, every person has a behavior. <clears throat> they have disciplines that they're strong at, disciplines that they're not strong at. Yep. They have things that they like to do, things they don't like to do. Some people are processors. Some people are visionary. And so it's important to be able to understand your behavior types to know how to communicate with people on your team who are opposite than you. Uh, and so we, we actually internally, our team just did the predictive index test. Uh, it's a PI test. Uh, and I would encourage any church or any organization to invest the money to get this. It is so stinking worth it. And so my wife and I, uh, we, we did this and, um, we were talking, we were talking, I think this was on, on, what is today? Sunday. So we were talking Friday. And as we were talking Friday, uh, we were just talking about, she literally said, Michael, sometimes you throw this on me and I get very overwhelmed. And then we got like a minute later, we got her test results back via email. 
And what they do is they pair up the leader or the the boss, or in our case, the pastor with the employees. So the employer employees and, and how to be able to manage people better. And they talk about relational strengths, relational cautions, relational tips, stuff like that. And this is one of the cautions. She literally said, you overwhelm me. This was one of the cautions I want to read to you guys. Christy may be overwhelmed by Michael's eagerness to have the conversation, and Christy may politely seek to shorten or avoid interactions with Michael. And as soon as I read that to her, like we both just busted out laughing because (laughs) that literally was what we were just talking about. That's funny. But But it goes back to... Uh, relational behaviors, uh, how you uh, how you are, and and the PI index they've they've got tons. I'm not going to list. There's 17 different behavior profiles, everything from an analyzer to a venturer, a specialist, um, a captain, a collaborator, maverick. Again, I'm not going to go over them all. A guardian, an operator, a scholar, and there's a lot more. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> for me personally, after taking this test, I came out as a uh, as a captain and I was like oh, okay that's that's kind of cool I guess you know uh, but then it it really started talking or it really breaks down what a captain is uh, and how I function with other people who are scholars on the team and a scholar would have almost a completely different um, completely different uh, like personality type or relation type mm-hmm. and and through that, I'm able to realize and I'm able to see that I have a tendency uh, to set the agenda. I have a tendency to interrupt people. I have a tendency uh, to um, just demand things and expect results. I have very little patience uh, whenever we don't get the results that I would like to see. And so it all really, really couples into, uh, and, and you know, the predictable predictable success. They have another one, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but it all really, you know, kind of goes to very much. So I'm a visionary. Mm-hmm. I'm a big picture thinker and I don't like it. And so what I'm able to see by knowing the relationship or the behavior patterns with people on the team, I'm able to realize that our business admin is not that type of personality. She's the type of person that wants to look at the facts. She wants to make sure all the steps are in place. Mm -hmm. She wants to take a minute and process what I'm saying. Um, She's not going to be the person that's going to speak up, uh, but she's the type of person that will pull me aside and be like, hey, this, this, and this is something that you forgot about, and we need to be focusing in on this. But my behavior type is I want to overlook that stuff because not that I don't value it, I just don't want to get bogged down in the details with it. Yeah. And so I'm able, to, I'm able to see how I communicate. If I went into every meeting uh, showing a captain type of personality in my behavior, I would dominate the conversation. I wouldn't give anyone a chance to be able to breathe or to be able to express their opinion or their view. And ultimately, I would end up turning the team off and and where I would get frustrated for them not buying into the mission or into the vision. Really, they're getting frustrated with me because I'm not giving them a chance to be able to speak or to process stuff and to start thinking of the steps. And so as a leader, it gives me an opportunity to be able to look at the strengths, to be able to look at the cautions and the tips, uh, behavior and through relationship, and to be able to take into account the other people on the team, but then also to be able to value and to give validation 
where sometimes in the past they probably haven't felt validated by the things that I've said or the decisions or the agenda that I've set. And it even, it even, you know, it'll help you with some people, they need to see the agenda before you uh, go into a meeting. They need to know what you're talking about, which should be a common thing, but it's easy for me to be like, oh, Monday morning, here's the agenda. Let's go and not share it with anybody. Mm -hmm. But if I took the extra steps or the extra time, uh, I would actually validate the other members on my team to where they would come in prepared to talk about uh, first quarter goals or um, assimilation strategy or whatever it may be. They would come in prepared to be able to talk about that instead of just having an off the cuff conversation, which I'm totally okay doing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it it allows me to be able to see the behaviors of other people. and then also, even with conflict, whenever conflict arises, it, it gives me an opportunity because I know where their behavior lies, I'm able to know how to approach them whenever there's an issue that arises. Where with me, I like someone to be blunt and direct with me. Mm-hmm. Even if it hurts my feelings, I would prefer for someone to hurt my feelings. And and honestly, I wish everyone was like that, but not everyone's like that. Mm-hmm. Some people, you need to sit down and you need to explain what's going on. You need to get them to buy in to what the correction may be and then to be able to come up with action steps afterwards to be able to uh, keep the uh, relationship uh, going and the communication going. Yeah. And so that's that's one thing. And then another thing that we've done in the past is, is um, and this is from the table group, the five dysfunctions of a team player, and this is something many people have done, but really the whole pyramid uh, to getting results uh, is you have to have trust you have to be able to have open conflict. Uh, you have to have commitment from people. There has to be accountability on the team. And then through all of that, you'll end up getting the results. And whenever there is a lack of any of those, a lack of commitment or a fear of conflict, and especially uh, a lack or an absence of trust, that will end up infecting the organization like a cancer. And you're not going to be able to get the results that you're wanting to get. Instead, you're going to have a bunch of people that are working for you that don't trust you or they don't trust each other. They're fearful of conflict and they don't want to be able to commit to anything because they don't know how the captain's going to be whenever he goes in there. They don't know how the boss is going to be or the visionary is going to be. He may be uh, have a short fuse and just flip out on everybody. And so it it really studying behaviors, uh, finding the strength finders within your organization or within your the people of your team, uh, and really spending money and spending time on team development and internal communication as far as working together as a team will ultimately save you from so many headaches. It will also weed out the people who do not need to be sitting at the table. Yeah. And so if you have a synergy with the team that you have, um, and they're all working well together, and you have someone else from the outside that come in that comes in. Um, by doing these tests on the front end, you're going to be able to see just scientifically whether or not they're going to gel well with your team, mm-hmm. or whether they're going to actually derail or pull your team off track from the mission or vision by causing more confusion right. and more chaos on the team. Yep. And so these are these are things that we've been working on, and we're even diving even more into that. And oh my gosh. It is a breath of fresh air yeah. to know um, how people communicate, and I think a lot of people we just overlook that. I don't know. Can you can you speak anything to behavior types, interpersonal relationships that you've had at at your job or anything like that? Um, not a ton off of what you said. I mean, you hit a lot of the high points of of what it looks like, right? Um, and I I would say even going back to our previous question that 
you know, really understanding the personality types of someone else and taking the time to to do those tests uh, to not understand who someone else is, but to understand who you are, right? Not everyone uh, is who joins your team is going to know like what type of person they are or any of that, right? So it kind of is eye-opening to them even to to see what type of uh, behavior type they are, right? Um, yeah, totally. So it's, it's good, even if it not for everyone else's sake, for that one individual stake to understand who they are. Um, yeah. So, and, and let me just say this, ahead. there's yeah, yeah. not a bad behavior type. No, we are. And I'm no. about to get a little preachy. Yep. We are all created in the image of God. And so God has given us a unique characteristic, a unique behavior. And so there's not a bad behavior type where it gets bad is whenever we don't know the behavior of the person sitting next to us. Right. And that's where you have conflict that starts to rise up Agreed. in lack of trust. Agreed. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, so how can an organization put all of this into best practices? Yeah, so I think it starts initially with a conversation. And I would say with this, start with the table groups uh, pyramid or going through the book by uh, Patrick Linciani's uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team Player. And through that, you would be able to see here are some areas that we're lacking and then creating a safe space for people to be able to talk about a lack of trust or a lack of accountability or I'm really not committed to this and, and here's why. Don't just say I'm not committed. People need to be able to have the safe space and the freedom to be able to say, here's the why behind it. Because once you can get to the why of the issue or the root of the issue, you can really start to pull that out. And you as a leader, you're going to be able to see that. And then from there, I would say, start implementing some of these personality and behavior tests and walking through team building exercises as a team, as a leadership team. Even with your volunteers, this is something we can't really do with our volunteers because they are volunteers, but um, but walking through with our volunteers, here's the expectations with communication. This is what we're looking for. Um, you know, communicate this way or this way, yep. and, and here's why. Yep. And then really explaining the why behind it. And, you know, we had we had one time someone was like, I don't like getting base camp messages or emails. I want you to call me. And I was like, man, I love you to death. I can't call you because if I call you, I'm going to call, have to call 78 other people to be able to communicate. This is how I have to communicate in order for me to be effective at what it is that I'm called or what, it, what my responsibilities are. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just explaining the why and then just taking those steps. Yep. No, that's good. Uh, I would even say, you know, once you do that with your team now going forward, just make sure it's part of your onboarding process, right? Make it that crucial where when you hire someone new that it's in their 90 days or whatever, that there's some sort of process to get them caught up with how your team communicates and also to do the behavior types, personality tests, all the stuff that we talked about. Yeah. And and I would even say in the interview process, I think that we're at a day and age where now we can even do that in the interview process because we don't want a bad hire that's going to pull the team off because even if they're only there for 90 days, that's 90 days of wasted resources on a bad hire whenever it could be 90 days of resources going to a good hire who's going to help produce and help uh, really just bring synergy to the team as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, last question here. Uh, what are some resources that people can start with? <coughs> Yeah, so the behavior test is from the Predictive Index, um, and it's a scientific test that has had thousands and thousands of tests done that they've been able to match up, and they match you to one of 17 different behavior types. And then again, they show you the people on the team. This is how you communicate. Uh, the predictive, I'm sorry, predictable success 
is another one. And predictable, so the predictive index you got to pay for, predictable success, <coughs> excuse me, you can actually go and take a free test. They will email you. Uh, it's like a 21 or 25 page document explaining your personality type. It isn't as many as the predictive index behavior types. It's more personality, but it will it will go through and it will explain who you are. And this is something that everyone on every team can do. And then just share your results with one another. Uh, another is Strength Finders. Strength Finders, you can go buy the book. Actually, your wife bought me the book. <laughs> And, and it comes with the test in it. You know, you can take the test. It gives you a little code, and it'll print you off. Here's your strengths. Here's your weaknesses. This is what you like to do to have fun. This is what you can't stand. And, again, being able to share that. And then one that I know many people are familiar with is DISC, D-I-S-C, is being able to take that test as well. And those are just four uh, practical tests that you can do to start the conversation Um and really resources to be able to start the conversation on building the internal communication and the internal trust uh, with with one another, with your team. Yep. And um, and then from there, you can start writing policies and procedures and it's, et cetera, et cetera, based upon um, the team and the expectation and the job and all that stuff that, that is out there with that. Yep. And so, again, that's for some that's for an organization who's never done it. An organization – I heard you cough that time. An organization – uh, who does have some stuff in place, it's always good every six months, at least annually, to do a good, uh, and I mean a good deep dive review of internal communication yep. and team communication with each other. Yep. No, that's good. Great resources for sure. Um, if anyone out there has any questions uh, for Michael uh, or about team communication, feel free to email us podcast at insideoutgroup.org or you can go to the website insideoutgroup.org and click the contact button at the top. Uh, we'd love to send you more resources, uh, hear how you guys do it, um, or share more with how any one of our teams uh, does this communication. If you want to listen more to the podcast, you can find us anywhere, Apple, Google, Spotify, CastBox, all the good stuff. Uh, make sure to subscribe, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you.